just ahead of Jeff Nelson, former Major League reliever, baseball analyst, and possibly the bringer of rain. Have some faith. It's Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker. It is Blair and Barker. That's why we call it Blair and Barker. Mm. We're also around in Blue Jays talk after every Blue Jays game. And uh, so feel free to dial up, vent, criticize, praise. We're trying to create a, a sort of a safe space for conversation. So I sure. promise, I'm gonna, Mark, well, last night was good. We had a guy on that I just didn't agree with because I thought the guy was a little over the edge. But I didn't like, that was nice. That was good. Let him have his say. First impressions are everything. First impressions mm-hmm. of the rotation, except possibly one guy, ain't good. Yeah, you guys. I'm just saying it ain't. I know everybody. Oh, I had a bad start. That short spring training. Dang, are you kidding me? Man. Uh, a couple of things to talk about as we await Jeff Nelson. And also, again, tonight, game three of the four-game series against the Yankees at 7.05. San Francisco Giants, Alyssa Nakin. Uh, coached first base last night after the first base coach was tossed. Mm-hmm. Um, the first woman to coach on the field in an MLB game. Now she did. There have been a couple of women who have who have worked uh, who have been on the field in Grapefruit League games. Um, and we're, I mean, listen, we're we're getting we're getting to a point where we are going to see more and more, especially as 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 the emphasis moves away from. Um, what did you do in the majors? What did you do as a player to how do you understand these concepts we're trying to teach? We're going to see more and more, yeah. more and more women in the game. We well, just are. Yeah, and, we should. And, well, we should because you, you need, you need, if I'm running a team or an organization, I want my best people. That's, That's well said. I want my best people. I want them to be good people, but I want my best people. And that's my, that's my bar. And if you're the best person, you're hired. So congratulations to, to her. It is, uh, you know, those of us who are fathers of daughters, stuff like this, stuff like this matters. Yeah. I also got to talk about Stephen Kwan. Uh, yeah. Hands up if you saw that coming. Kevin, dude's got a 750 on base percentage this year. He's reached base safely in 18 of his first 24 plate appearances. Oof. Kevin, He's seen 115 pitches without a swing and miss. That's the longest streak among players to debut since 2000. Uh, the previous was David Fletcher. Yeah. Look, you've stood in the box. I understand not every hitter is the same. Guys, where you are in the lineup matters, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But to come out of spring training. Yeah. This isn't like a guy who's called up halfway through the AAA season mm-hmm. and was on a roll and comes into the majors and... and just hits the ground running. Yeah. This is a guy who was up this this streak, if if you want to go back, he's not including Cactus League play. He hasn't struck out since September 26, 2021. 76 plate appearances going all the way back. It's crazy. Look, again, as I said, a guy I try to what must that feel like to a yeah, hitter I don't know. to not swing and miss? I don't know. The the closest guy that I know to that, Sean Casey. I I Sean Casey's one of the best uh bat the ball guys that I knew and I would have conversations with. I, I, I've known Casey since college, and he was that way in college where that's his mindset. That's all he thought about is if I set my lower half up well enough, everything that I can do from the waist up is good enough that if all I have to do is hunt a strike, 
I should be able to put the ball in play and most of the time put it in play where I want it to go. Maybe he's one of these people. Maybe he's a guy that just thinks I'm so mechanically sound and I have such a great mindset of what I want at the plate that when I do get it, I'm not going to miss it. And it's just, it's almost hard to talk about because 2022 and, and the last four or five years, there's nowhere body else on earth that talks or acts or looks like that. Like yeah. nobody, nobody goes up there to do that. Yeah. Like that's not the, that's not their job. Their job is launch angle. Get the ball in the air, hit yeah. it over the infield. How do you do that? If you're, if you're not thinking of other things, than trying to put the ball in play and, and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a breath of fresh air for me anyway, that there's actually still guys that, that take pride in that's what they want to do. It's it, not cool to strike out. Like I, yeah, it's not, it's not cool to swing and miss. It's, it's cool to, to have a great approach and, and go up and apply it. And is that going to be contagious? Absolutely not, because they don't pay for that. They just don't. I hate to say it that way, but that's the way it is. They're not, they're not paying for that. They, they pay for back leg cities and, and guys driving baseballs. And if you hit 220, that's cool. You're going to get paid a lot of money for that. So, but it's, it's still kind of, you know, I, I know I think he checked swing on strike three and they called it a strike and it didn't count as a swing and miss. Yes. I know he did that yesterday. Which is, you know, I, I'm I'm glad they did that because it keeps the streak alive. But I'm interested to see how long you can go without it with with, with it. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah. it's one of those fun fun things you see in in baseball, and you know, it it's why and any type of any type of offensive streak. I've always found to be remarkable in baseball because you're you're you know you're dealing with different weather, you're dealing with different pitchers, different hitters' backgrounds, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know that's why DiMaggio's hitting streak. That, that's a sports record that's not going to be broken. What makes it more impressive too? You see the Yankees bullpen. We talked about that. How how they have stuff. Yeah, and just the stuff you're going to face on an everyday basis. How do you not swing and miss? Like that. That's what makes these things. What he's doing so impressive and. How long can he keep it going? That's the question. And is it a big deal to him? I'm sure it is. Well, it's, you know, what What was he? He was a fifth-round pick uh, in 2018. And, you know, if you're Stephen Kwan, look, the, 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 the Guardians are, the Guardians are, are they're, they're trying to put stuff together and look for guys like they're that. They're young. You're going to get a chance. Yeah, exactly. Take advantage of it. That's your point. Exactly. Yeah, and... Again, I I look at it as a guy that that tried to hit, and it's. But you watch him at the Kevin. He doesn't even flinch at a lot of pitches. Yeah, That's the thing. It's like he's not. Yeah. You talk about looking hitterish. I, I I mean, he just he doesn't he doesn't even look like he's thinking of swinging. Yeah. At the pitch. Maybe that's on purpose. Maybe, maybe it's Remarkable. maybe that's his, yeah. Maybe that's the way it uh, that he he tries to do that in batting practice and all this work on the off the field. That's kind of cool. Something else to talk about. No, I, I bet you fun. didn't think. I bet you didn't think we were going to be talking about that in 2022. Uh, no, Guy not swinging, missing. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, no, no that, that, that's not a conversation. I thought no. we'd be having at any point no. during the season. Um, I'm beginning to wonder if maybe I also should have paid more attention to the New York Yankees bullpen, which has been awfully good early in the season. And certainly, the Blue Jays have seen that firsthand. The Yankees' bullpen is an ERA of 0.99, a ton of strikeouts. Uh, they really did a number on the on the Blue Jays in, in, in last night's 4-0 Yankees win. Jeff Nelson is a former MLB relief pitcher, four-time World Series champion with the Yankees. 
currently an MLB analyst. He joins us in Blair and Barker. Jeff, thanks for joining Kevin and myself. We, we had a, a conversation earlier this hour <clears throat> when we knew you were coming on. And, and we've been talking a lot about how starting pitchers are going to handle the compressed spring and what we should look for and you know, concern about injuries, build up and everything, et cetera, et cetera. Is it, is it some ways, is it easier for relief pitchers to come out of a spring like that and hit the ground running? Because they don't have to worry about getting built up to 65 or 70 or 80 pitches. No, it definitely is. I mean, I went through it in 95 when we had the strike. And then we had the shortened spring. Uh, we had about, what, I think a month of spring training. And relievers, I mean, I, I do TV and stuff with the Marlins, so I got a chance to talk to these these guys who just got off the road with them. And a lot of the relievers, and even though some of the relievers didn't get the amount of innings that they, they liked, I mean, some of them were only getting three and four appearances. You know, when I was in 95, I mean, I was getting, you know, 10, 12 innings in a spring is you're good. And we were able to somehow get that in the shortened spring that we had in 95. It was just the starters because their pitch count wasn't built up like they're, like they're used to when they have the full six weeks of spring training. So it's, it's a little bit easier. It, it definitely is. I mean, what I've seen so far is that, you know, breaking stuff like the curveball and the slider, you know, that comes late in spring. I mean, you can't, you don't, you're not going to come to spring training and ex- expect to snap off nasty sliders and nasty breaking balls right away. That stuff comes at the end. So what I've seen so far with some of the, uh, some of the guys and even around baseball is that, you know, the breaking stuff like the sliders and stuff, that's, that's not there like it normally is. But as far as the fastballs, the change-ups and, you know, the bullpen guys, they seem to be a lot more ready to go than the, than the starters. Jeff, is there anything a manager can do? Is there anything that a, that a catcher can do? You know, is it, is it setting up a little bit earlier, knowing that, you know, breaking balls may not break the way they are? Or, or is, there, is there any way to, to try and help that along a little bit quicker? No, it's just arm strength. You, you know, you play, I don't know what they do. You, see, you do see some guys play long toss, which is nice because that definitely helps your arm strength and build up your shoulder. And, you know, it's just getting out there. You know, in spring training, usually like the last three weeks, you're throwing every other day, and then you usually have a back-to-back for a reliever. Like you'll throw two games in a row, and then you'll hit one more game, and then you're good for the season. Uh, ready to go for opening day. And a lot of the relievers didn't get a chance to throw, you know, back to back. And, you know, it's almost like you tire your arm out at the end and then it all of a sudden gets stronger. So a lot of these guys haven't even gone through that dead arm period where it's like all of a sudden you wake up and you feel like your arms just limp and he's like, Oh, what's going on? And it just happens. It happens with starters. It happens with everyone. And then you get stronger and then you just, uh, and then it just helps you during the season. So it's really nothing, you know, it's almost as for these first, two, three weeks of April, it's almost you're using that as spring training and it's a regular season and all these games count. And even the starters and, you know, most teams are carrying anywhere from 14 to 15 bullpen. I mean, pitchers, you have five stars, you got 10 guys down the bullpen. There's a lot of starters only going about 65 to 85 pitches. And, you know, I know now it's a little different because the last few years, this is what basically starters have been leaving spring, even though they've had the full Six weeks, usually it's about 100, 110 they're used to. So you're firing through your bullpen. You'll be doing that pretty much the first month of April. So so if you're a fan, like the Blue Jays rotation has gotten off to a slow start. So if you're a fan of the Blue Jays and you're looking at, say, Barrios, who loves to spin the breaking ball, that would be something you'd be looking at 
like strikes, the bite on that breaking ball to say that he's finally where he should be. Yeah, you know, and that it is because, you know, I've had pitching coaches in, in the beginning of spring that, you know, the first couple outings, which I never threw a change up, they were like, okay, you, you can't throw breaking balls because it's not there yet. I want you to have fastball command, and if you have a change up, throw that. And even you can see some guys' fastball command's not there either. But the breaking stuff is always something that's going to come later in spring, and especially with starters, just like relievers. And with Barrios, he's got a nasty slider, a nasty breaking ball. That's not going to be, you know, I would say maybe third, fourth time, fifth time around in the rotation, you might see that really start to take shape. And, you know, it's tough because these guys only had about 15 games in spring. A lot of the starters had, what, maybe 12 innings. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys are used to getting maybe over 30 and leaving spring. So, you know, like I said, this these whole first three weeks of April and maybe even the first week into May, it's almost an extended spring training, and it's just a shame that these games count. Jeff, how do you see the AL East shaking out from a distance? Well, I, I really like the Blue Jays. You know, I still think that they're, if they're not the most athletic team in baseball, they're one of the most athletic teams in baseball. You know, offensively, they're, they're, they've got to be one of the toughest teams to face, you know, up and down, one through nine. Their starting rotation, what they've added in Gossman and Kikuchi, even though Kikuchi got beat last night, it'll come around. You know, their starting rotation will come around. The bullpen's the only thing that might have a little concern, but I think the Blue Jays are the top team in the AL East. And every single time I think that, okay, the Tampa Bay Rays are not going not gonna to be there. They're always there. I didn't mm. think they were going to win the division last year. They did. And all of a sudden they start making moves and they, they trade Meadows. And, and I'm like, okay, now what are they going to do? Are they, are they going backwards? No, they're still there. Uh, the Yankees will be tough. The Red Sox have an unbelievable, well, not unbelievable, but they have an unreal, a very good lineup. I think it's a four, obviously a four-team race, but I think the Blue Jays are coming out top. And I think all the wild cards will wind up coming out of the East. They're that good. Do you th- do you, what you see from Aroldis Chapman, does that surprise you? I'm, I'm talking velocity. He's maintained that. Uh, you know, later in his career, he's added the, that split thing. Man, that's, he threw that a couple times last night, and you could tell hitters were just like, are you kidding me? After the 101, now you're flipping that thing. Does that surprise you that he can continue to do what he does every year? Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, this guy is built like a brick, you know, what house. Yeah, I mean, it's just. Yeah. You know, you see, you see all these videos and Instagram or, or Twitter or whatever, and, and this guy is it looks like a bodybuilder every time in, in the wintertime. You know, he keeps himself in great shape. Uh, you know, knock on wood, he's, had, he's never really had any serious injuries that's caused him time on the IL. Uh, he's still throwing hard, and his whole thing is mechanics. If he stays balanced over the rubber and, and not tries to rush and overthrow, you know, he's nasty. And like you said, adding that split, it's, sometimes it's unfair. It is. And, you know, you look at the Yankees, you know, their starters aren't going deep into the game. You know, Cole's not even close to being being what he should be in the beginning of the year. You know, they have a nasty bullpen, and they have a lot of guys down there that they'll go to. You know, it's just going to be like with every team. You, you know, you wonder and you hope that their bullpens and every, everybody around the league don't get wear, worn out in the first couple months because the starters aren't built up. Well, I saw Miguel Castro throw uh, last night. How do you think Booney's going to use him? Is is it would it be would he have enough confidence? I got to ask. Would he have confidence like eighth and ninth inning to say you know meet the order against I don't know the Red Sox, the Blue Jays to bring him in the game? You think? 
I think sometimes you're not going to have a choice. You're going to have to see. And, and, and that's the one thing, you know, even though these games count, you know, you can't keep throwing Chad Green and Lawizaka, you know, and they don't throw multiple days in a row very often. And you're going to have to use Castro in some of these situations. And, you know, once you get into high leverage situations, you get to see what a reliever is about. Uh, can they handle that? Can they handle tough situations? And, you know, if you can handle it now, it's going to be even greater towards the end of the year in August and September when you're going through a pennant race. And, you know, maybe Louise or Green go down and you're going to need Castro in those innings to step up. So, you know, this is the time to try to see, okay, can he handle this? Get him some, get, get his feet wet, get, get his feet wet in some pressure situations. So that way he's a little bit more comfortable when it starts coming down towards the crunch time in August and September. Now, Jeff, I know that you're doing uh, some work in the Marlins broadcast, and, and Barker, Barker and I made our preseason picks, and I snuck the Marlins in as a wild card team yep. just because I love their pitching and 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 I love some of the young talent they have. I know, yeah, the, the, that was the the reaction I got here too as well. Um, yeah, but every every now and then a blind blind squirrel finds the uh, the odd acorn, right? Uh, but look, they've got a lot. What what do you make of that team? Because I mean, I think they're fun to watch. I love watching Jazz Chisholm, but they also have a lot of arms in that organization, don't they? They do. You know, it, it, they have a lot of arms, and it seems like all these arms that they have seem to go get injured, and that's what's been happening so far with some of these minor league guys that they're you know, like, oh, these are top prospects, and oh, we can't wait to see them. They're like a step away, and and next thing you know, you know, you come off the road trip and all oh, this guy has a calf injury or this guy has a little shoulder tightness. And all of a sudden, they're, they're top guys that you're looking forward to seeing are hurt right now. Uh, not, hopefully nothing significant. But, you know, the Marlins, the Marlins are a team, you know, Sandy Alcantara, I mean, not a lot of guys don't or a lot of teams don't know about him or fans don't know about him. I would put him as maybe one of the three top righties in the game he's that good you know you throw him with the Grom and, and Scherzer and I think he'll he can hold his own you know the Mariners, Mariners are just like the Blue Jays you know Blue Jays are so good but the American League East you have four teams that are just un, you know unreal mm-hmm. you know the National League East look what the Mets look what the Braves Braves are still solid uh, you know you look what the Phillies have done you know it, it's a really tough division and the Marlins right now offensively just haven't clicked and you know starting pitching uh, you're not going deep into the game, so you know, their bullpens get to be exposed a little bit. They played a lot of close games their first five games. They went one and four in a road trip, but they're playing in a tough division. I think it's going to be really tough to get a wild card spot. I think maybe around 500 would be a good season for them. Jeff, I, I, I know you you know that a lot of these teams are wanting to use pitchcom, and I, and you're the perfect guy to ask this. When you were playing, you know, with the Yankees, and oh, how do you think Rivera would have handled pitchcom? I know he's only got one. I know, I know it was basically one pitch, and, and you know, I, I guess that would have been okay. You, you put it down and you set up here. Probably wouldn't even have needed it, but it's just that rush factor. I wonder how that would have been taken years ago. Yeah, you know, you know, years ago we took care of uh, sign stealing our own way. So, you know, the, <laughs> yeah, they don't do that anymore now. No. So yeah, they don't go inside and knock guys down. You know, if you – you know, it, I remember when we were playing the Braves one time, and, and the Braves were one of those teams that always their their base coaches would go up back and forth and give location. And if they could see the catcher signs, they would try to give that as well. Well, Tino Martinez, our first baseman, went to, I think it was Pat Corrales at the time, that was the first base coach with the Braves. He says, if you keep moving in the box, the next guy's going to get hit. 
and, and that stops. You, you know, even even when guys are at second base, you, you know, and they try to give location, and sometimes it's hard to pick up the sign. Some guys will use touches, and you know, some guys just don't want don't really care if the if the hitter knows what's coming or not. You know, all you have to do is miss on location. Some hitters don't even want it because, you know, you have to be really good at locating your fastball in order for someone to say, okay, give me location. And all of a sudden they start leaking out there. And next thing you know, they get one under the chin. Well, they don't do that now. So I've heard mixed, mixed results with the pitch comp. Uh, You know, a lot I've seen those uh, because it's in their cap. It's in that little band of their cap. You know, I've seen a lot when guys are sweating, and it's going to be interesting once you get into the summertime when it's a heat, it starts sliding out of their out of their hat. So they might have to do something as far as sewing a little pocket. Also, I, I've heard that, you know, it gets really loud in the guy's ears, and sometimes in big crowds, even though they think that you could hear it, that, uh, that it, it's a little – you see guys covering their ears – and uh, covering that spot so they can hear the location. Also, the middle infielders, where you're going in places that don't have big crowds, and the Marlins, I mean, they'll they'll do a pre- have a pretty decent crowd on opening day, but after that, it drops back, and you're playing in a dome stadium. So they're wondering if the base runner, you know, if if a second baseman or a shortstop, especially a shortstop's trying to hold on that runner, and he comes up close, will that runner hear the pitch? So they're concerned about how that's going to work. And some guys don't like it. Some guys just not, are not used to it. So there are some, I guess, pros to it as far as trying to keep, keep guys from stealing signs. But a lot of them, uh, you know, a lot of the guys that think, thought that, okay, I'm going to try it out, haven't liked it so far. Yeah, Barker's talking about how Mariano Rivera would handle it. I'm wondering how Derek Jeter would have handled having to speed up and get in the box because the catcher's, on the, yeah. the catcher's got the, or the pitcher's got the sign before he's on the mound. That's what I was wondering. Right, that exactly. Would that would be yeah. That would be yeah, intriguing. Would be interesting. Jeff, thanks for doing this, man. Good stuff as always, my friend. Be well. Thanks a lot. Oh, thanks, guys. Nice talking to y'all. Good stuff. That's Jeff Nelson, former MLB relief pitcher, four-time count of four Cuatro World Series champion with the Yankees. That's a lot. It's it's MLB it's, analyst. It's, it's cool. It's cool to get everybody's thoughts on certain things, yeah. like the like if a runner's at second base and they could hear that. Is that not overthinking it? Like that's. Like, well, no, it is a, uh, uh, it is a, it's something that, that was, uh, what, who was talking about it? It might've been, God, it, it might've been an article I read with, Zan, I think it was Mike Zanino because the Rays were using it. And one of their, one of the things he said is you do wonder because it's Tampa Bay, right? It's like, you're not going to be playing. And he was kind of joshing, but he said, like, you know, we got to. Yeah, there's seven thousand seven hundred and eighty-nine people at the yeah, top. You know, if you, if you're his point was, I mean, we just don't know. Turn the volume down. Turn the volume down. I guess <laughs> that's awesome. Well, like dudes at second base, and here's fastball inside. <laughs> yeah, I you guess. Um, yeah, look, there's going to be there. There will be the 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 key thing to me will be let's see how many pitchers are using it in the summer. Let's see when games start to mean more. Uh, you know, it's hot. Guys get, I mean, guys get the red ass. I'll just put it that way. They sure. do in the summer because sure. it's long and you still got, and it's just, ugh. let's see how many pitchers are going to be using it then because I, it is, you know, it's here to stay. I think at some point, everybody's going to be using it. At some point, you have to wonder whether or not it's a competitive advantage or disadvantage. That's the one 
the one thing that I keep sort of swirling around in my mind is the fact that some teams and some pitchers are using it. Some teams and some pitchers aren't. And I don't, I understand it's an option, but I'm one of those guys. I would just assume say we're as soon say we're all doing it. Then yeah, kind of letting, letting guys worry. I, and I know you can't, it's just, it's, it's something I've thought about. You know, and I thought about it that other night, the, the game against the Yankees where, you know, Buck and Tabby pointed out Aaron, Aaron judge was uncomfortable because, because giving him something else to think about. Yeah. I, on, on that point, I, I think for me, if I'm a catcher and I, and I got a guy on the mound who throws five, four or five different pitches, got three different fastballs, two different breaking balls, and that gives me something I have to think about to look down and actually, okay, that that's it right there. But the I other go thing, there. Kevin. It breaks the rhythm of the, of the flow of what they want to do, right? Isn't there an art as well to sort of faking out the hitter by shaking? You know, guys would do yeah. that in the past, right? Guys would, you know, they, they would, the hitter's thinking, oh, God, he's, he's shaking them off three times. He must, they, I, I, yeah. they must be having an issue here. Espe- well, actually, they're not. Especially if you got more than, than two pitches. Yeah. That's, that's, like a guy that's like what Ryu. it is. If you're, in the, if you're at the plate and you see Ryu shaking three times, you're going, Jesus. Well, not so much now. I think a lot of hitters have eliminated the fastball in, the cutter in, because, you know, they either but can't you know hit my it point. or he a- can't throw it for strikes. I'm with you, though. That's, you see him out there shaking a lot of the times that was for show. Yeah, or a lot of the times that that made me feel really uncomfortable because he's either struggling with something, and if he's struggling with something, that means location ain't there, yeah. and he could throw balls and it go would go places that they didn't want it to go. But it's just it's a lot. Like it's a lot of thought goes into just not trying to give your sign to somebody else. Hey, I got a thought. How about making a quality pitch? Let's try that one time. Rivera threw one pitch. He got away with it. Y'all know why? Because it was in a good location most, if not all, the time. Yeah, it was it, it was remarkable watching. I, yeah, just watching him. They, I remember having when I was covering the Jays, having a discussion with Vernon Wells. They did a whole story on just what it's like to stand in against Mary because you just know, and it, it's 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 frustrating for hitters because you know what you're getting, and you just can't. You can't do anything about it. Don't take your gamer up there. Take your buddy's bat up take there. Take your buddy's bat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. Take your buddy's bat. Which team was it when he was on his retirement tour that gave him a broken bat? Yeah. They're one of the teams, which I thought was <laughs> I thought was perfect. Was uh was really cool. Yeah. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We're also doing Blue Jays talk after every Blue Jays game. We will do it again tonight after the third game of this four-game series against the Yankees. First pitches at 7.05. We're going to take a break, and, well, let's see if it's going to be raining on the other side of the break or not. It is Blair and Barker. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with J.D., Blake, and Alish. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Seven oh five will be the first pitch tonight from the Bronx, the Jays, and the Yankees. Jose Barrios against Garrett Cole. Kevin Barker and myself will have Blue Jays talk immediately following the game. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. Don't call now though. That'll be after the game. Great advice. Hey, you know what time it is? 
Barker's Backleg Bits. You know what pitch that was? I'm sure it's a hanger. We said Barker's Bits, not Baker. My goodness, Barker just airmailed that thing. It's time for Barker's Backleg Bits. You know, you know I, did, I did hit six homers in the big leagues. You guys could throw a homer on there instead of that airmailing it up to... Maybe we should. Maybe we should find yeah. like that Josh Beckett homer that Oppo. Barker hit. I went Oppo. Maybe. I mean, that would take away the fun. I get it. That would take away the fun. Turn it into a bit of a dig me segment. Uh, this is Barker's Backleg Bits where we turn it over to you, the listeners. Uh, we get you to send in a question for Barker. Make it deal with baseball. But every now and then we'll, we may uh, let it go off the rails a bit. And uh, you can DM me at SN Jeff Blair. Where's my question? Alec the Anvil, who I'm presuming is an Alec Manoa fan. Mm. I like this question. Hitting question for Barker. He talks about the importance of bat speed sometimes and also how with some good hitters, the bat stays in the zone a long time. Mm -hmm. These two things seem to be at odds for me. Can he explain? Well, that's a that's a that's a little bit of a, a weird question when it comes to at odds. I think when you're in the big leagues, you want both of those. I think one goes hand in hand with the other one. If you have bat speed, you can let the ball travel a little bit more. If you have bat speed, you keep the barrel in the hitting zone longer. You have a better chance of when you get fooled to. Having a productive at bat, whatever that is. So it's right? not just whipping it through the zone. Absolutely not. The, the The length of your barrel is, it's sort of like, imagine Boba shit. And the thing is now in in the in 2022 is they want to drop the back elbow. They want to get the barrel in the zone back here than out front. When I played, that was a no-no. You right. wanted that barrel to come right by your face and the barrel to be the last thing you see. Well, hitting now, it's almost like the barrel's the first thing you see. You drop the back elbow, you put the barrel in the hitting zone back here, and now the barrel is in the zone all the way up through here, right? It has length, and the longer that barrel is, not so much your barrel lengths like this, length of barrel is how long it stays in the hitting zone. So on top of it, if you have bat speed, just to give an example of Boba Shet, he has unbelievable bat speed, and he keeps the barrel in the hitting zone when he's good. Mm-hmm. Now he's a little so-so. You know, he's trying to find his way. But when he's really good, barrel's in the zone here, and now it's so quick that if he does get a little fooled, he can stay back enough to fight that off, stay inside a ball like he did last night. You know, he fought the tough pitch off. He hit the little blooper to right center field. That's how you hit 300. So, you know, you, pre- you prefer to have both. If you don't have tremendous bat speed, it, it – only serves you well to try and keep the barrel in the hitting zone lo- a long time. Chris Berg has a uh, interesting question on you say Kikuchi. Uh, he said, I'd love to see Kikuchi establish his fastball more. Touching 96 miles an hour a couple of times could be a much more valuable weapon. Interested to see what Pete can do with him. And Chris, the reason I use that question is we were, we had been talking about this before he came on. I would think at some point, once he gets his his feet on the ground and all, at some point, I think Pete will probably have kind of a heart to heart with him about throw your fastball. Yeah, nor, you know? nor, normally, uh, I, you know, just as much as I've been around Pete, the heart to heart comes real quick. 
Okay, he so he, well, he ain't all waiting right, around okay. on the heart to heart. So he's not waiting so for I, you to. So I would guess today would be the heart to heart. Like I, that's my guess. Now I'm not obviously I'm not there, and I don't know that for sure. But you want to put it in his mind what you saw. I like this. This was nice. Third inning. Look what it could look like if you use this. You got a good one. So that you know to the person that texted in and had that comment that that question look what it can look like it's 96 97 if we get that located yeah. now what's your floppy slider gonna look like now what the feel of your splitter gonna look like it's now the the cutter that you love so much what could it look like if you established the 96 97 put it in a good spot now it doesn't make you have you know to be so fine with your secondary pitch. How many people can throw a slider where they want it all the time? How many people can throw a split change where they want to all the time? But most at the big league level, if you're really good at it, should be able to consistently throw your heater where you want it to go. Now, not all the time, but most of the time. Statistically, his split-fingered pitch is awfully hard to hit. It was last year. Shouldn't that be his go-to pitch with two strikes? Well... You would you would think that if he establishes, I can just remember what I was told to, for from the Blue Jays hitters who faced him last year early in the season. Mm-hmm. They they were saying he was the nastiest pitcher they faced all year. That's big praise. Yeah. But he's left-handed. They're predominantly right-handed in that minor league ballpark with the ball flying all over the place, and he basically came in there and dominated them. Right. So for me, anyway, he did it with the high octane velocity. You get back to that, and I just, I come back to the grunting. It's silly to say the grunting. First two innings, you didn't hear anything. Why is that? I think that's what Petey's going to say is, when the bell rings, how do you get to that? What we saw in the third inning, what we saw a little bit in the fourth inning, how do you get to that in the first inning? First pitch, how do you get to it, and how do we maintain it? And then your stuff will be that much better. And you'll go deeper in games. Isn't it kind of hard to do it with a guy, though, who has that pause in his leg kick? That's a great question. Like, how do you – it would seem to me that that – Stops momentum. Yeah, it stops momentum. It's also kind of a, a something to deceive to deceive the hitter. Like, yeah, And this is why we talk about – that would seem to me the thing you do in spring training. I, I don't – you know, I, hey, look, yeah, look, that, look. We saw what Jordan Romano did. Hey, we saw what Ross Stripling re- did early to, in the season remember, last year with his Remember, delivery. too, Petey can't make these guys do anything. He did sign three for $36 million. $36 million is a lot for a number five guy. He could say a little bit of that without saying it. You do know I got $36 million to come here pitch. They must think highly yeah. enough of me that you're not going to change everything I do. Let's tweak it. They talked him into moving on the rubber. Why you move on the rubber is to make a straighter line to where you want the ball to go consistently that'll give you a better chance to have it go there. And now you can feed off of that. It's, you know, I think, again, Petey is a very good communicator. That is, for me anyway, his strength is communicating. Got to be a good salesman. Look, this is what I saw in the first two innings. This is what I saw in the third inning. Which guy do you want to be? The guy in the third inning or the guy in the first two innings? Yeah, uh, it's... It, be an interesting discussion to uh, uh, to hear. Um, well, because, we'll never we'll never hear it. No, but I mean, it would, <laughs> yeah. I'm saying it would be be interesting to be part of that because we know that that you know that the the, the whole deal with Pete Walker and and Kikuchi is supposed to be there's supposed to be that Robbie Ray thing happening. Yeah. So uh, it would be interesting to see how Pete handles that. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, made this comment yesterday. Josh Donaldson joining us on Blair and Barker, and Josh, I. I Made the comment to Barker that 
You look awfully good in pinstripes. Um, and, you know, we've always said, hey, the pinstripes are a great uniform. Guys, guys do look good in them. What's it like to, uh, to put on the pinstripes and be a Yankee? Sorry for the inconvenience of yesterday. Um, wasn't able to get on. Um, but, I mean, it was good to be a Yankee. Class, everything that's smooth, travel, um, Josh, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to call you back because we got a bad a bulky line here. It's foggy where you guys. No, it's not. No, it's not. The beauty of live radio. It is. The beauty of live radio. He does look good. She does. Haircut. He 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 really does. He looks faster. Is what I think. Yankees, he probably not. Yankees but uniform he does, looks. He does. Makes he everybody faster. look faster. Yankees uniform. Makes everybody look faster. That is, uh, that is a fact. Um, I mean, we said it the, when we talked to Susan Waldman. I think, I think he's exactly what that what that team needs. I think he's attitude, a guy, attitude. And he's, <laughs> That's and exactly he's a, what it he's is. a guy who New York is, ain't going to phase him. If anything, there we go. Thank you. We've got Josh back. Josh, thanks for your patience. Let's uh, let's try that again. All good. Let's try that again. Uh, hi, first of all, how you doing? And secondly, just, I didn't know an obvious question. What's it like to be a Yankee? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been great. Like I was saying earlier, it's a first class organization. Um, and I've really enjoyed being a part of this team and, um, the expectations that kind of comes with being with the Yankees and, you know, it's been, it's been great. JD, the, the short spring training, we talk about pitchers, how, how they've had to make adjustments. Mm-hmm. Have you had to adjust or, you know, you're a little older now. Did that help? The the wear and tear on your body wasn't really there in spring training. Maybe that'll help. Have you seen a difference? Um, yeah, I mean, I think for us, what we did it, I think that we did it a little bit different than some other teams. Like we started running position players going back to back around like week two. And we we built all the way up to seven innings. Uh, going back to back, where I know there were some teams that were a little bit later into that, and I think that we went eight once. And I know, I think the Braves or whatever, like that, when they came in town, they were saying they just had built their guys up to five. Um, so I don't know. I feel pretty good about it. Um, body's been responding pretty well, recovering pretty well. So I haven't really noticed, but you, the pitchers will probably be the first ones to notice all the short. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I wondered how uh, like we had Jeff Nelson on a little earlier, and he was talking about comparing the relievers and, and the starters. And he said, look, you know, relievers like to get built up too. But essentially he said, it, with relievers, it's all about your stuff. If your stuff is good, you're going to be able to go out and pitch mm-hmm. when when you're mm-hmm. called upon. Starters really have to get have to get built up uh, in, in order to get out there. Um, is, is that something that is, that is a hitter? You know, you're you're aware of like when you go into the box that this guy may not necessarily, if it's a starter, he may not have his best stuff. And does that have to? Does that change? Or I should say, not his best stuff, but he's not ready to throw it. Does that change the way you have to attack a guy as opposed to, let's say, in the midseason? Um, I mean, <clears throat> most of we played the Red Sox, and they, it seemed like they had their guys built up to close to 80, 85 pitches, which is almost normal for those guys. Uh, So you kind of, 
treat it as, you know, I, I still want to treat it like I would any other day. I don't want to try to get out of my game plan mm-hmm. just for the sheer fact that like, I'm, I'm looking to be aggressive at any time, but also, you know, for my pitch. And if that ends up taking six pitches to get to, or if I foul a couple off, like, run the pitch count up, then it probably shortens his day a little bit as well. How about how about a guy like Jose Barrios? I, I, I looked it up in your career. You're one for seven off him. Small sample size. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. But he, he's coming off a stinker. You know, he, he got one out. He wasn't real good. The breaking ball mm-hmm. wasn't there. Everything that he was trying to do, he didn't do. How do you game plan? You mentioned it. You know, you're looking for your pitch. But the guy, yeah. I'm sure you looked at some video. You're a smart dude. You're doing your homework. Yeah. How do you game plan against yeah. a guy that's coming off an outing like he was? Uh, I honestly, I, I remember watching that game and, uh, I didn't get to see, I haven't watched his outing yet, but I have a good idea what he's going to try to do. He's going to try to throw fastballs in and off the plate. He's going to try to throw the slider, start it to where it sweeps across, uh, change ups. Uh, I don't know if that, it's the, that's his third pitch for the most part and the righties every now and again. I'm hoping he does. <laughs> uh, J.D., I got to ask, you know, the, you, the first time you walked into Yankee Stadium, obviously you played there, but not, not as a, a guy that's your home stadium. That short porch in right field, change anything mechanically? You trying to do something different? You know, that, that thing could sometimes some guys, I was one of those guys, occasionally you try to take a little bunt, you know, you're 0 for 15, but now you got that little short porch and right. You're thinking, man, if I just let the ball travel here, don't take much. Little backspin. Have you had some thought about that little short porch and right? Yeah, I mean, right now, uh, I'm, I'm working on trying to create a little bit more deepness back there. I've been catching some balls out in front. Um, the ball that I hit the double play the other day, that's probably the deepest ball I've like, get on me since the season started. Um, so I'm, I'm still working in that aspect of letting it travel and getting it back there. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a nice comfort zone and, and you know what? It's in every picture head as soon as they come into the park, like, Oh, I can't, if I beat him, I could still get it. They still get a home or anything, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's gotta be, it, it's gotta be very much. Yeah, let's go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say it's got to be in, in a hitter's head uh, when you go in there. How 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 has it been so far? With uh, you know, look, Aaron's got they've got a lot of infielders, and they're you know they're kind of moving guys around a bit. Got a bit of a rotation. Is that something that's going to will take getting used to for you? No, I mean I think especially early on, I, you know, in nineteen when I was the base, we kind of did that a little bit. In Minnesota, we didn't. We had a little bit of depth, but probably not quite the depth that we have here. Um, to where we can go out and run guys mm-hmm. out, uh, especially you know, I think today I'm going to DH. So uh, it's nice having the ability as a team to go out and run another guy out there, right? Right. And we have that arc, and I understand that like early on. I think we've uh, we've dropped Josh's line. Uh, Josh, listen, thanks so much for joining us. If you can hear us, yeah, uh, we appreciate your time. It was a dodgy line that happens sometimes. Though. It does.
But it was interesting, uh, your question about the, the short porch. Yeah, well, again, I, th- this is just me. If, I, if I'm J.D., and, and as smart as he is as a hitter, and as much as he thinks about his mechanics and his at-bats and what he's trying to do against certain guys and what he doesn't want that guy to do, and I, all you're thinking about is letting the ball travel, and you will be rewarded because of that little thing over there. It, he's, he said it. Like, it just gives you so much confidence that you can miss hit a ball. Aaron mm-hmm. Hicks last night's not a homer, but it counts. It's a homer there. Absolutely. Yeah. Roger so Center, it's a warning track. That's exactly right. So it's just that little part of a really good hitter who's had a lot of success doing it a certain way, and now you add the benefit of that little short porch in right field. I look, it's, it's you know, we talk about the punch first kind of thing of having George Springer leading off. Now he's leading off. All and right. That's, that's a, that's a, and I would have loved to ask him that if we hadn't had the, the messed up line of how the approach will be different leading off. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to make it's going to be beneficial for him, and it'll be beneficial for the Yankees of having him leading off in that short portion right. All right. I know you're a lefty hitter, but let me ask you this. Um, pretend you're a right handed hitter. You got a choice of playing in the park with a green monster. You got a choice of playing in the park with with the yeah yeah, yeah. dimensions of Yankee Stadium. Now the, I know the green monster. You've also got pesky pole in Boston, so you kind of got uh-huh. the best of both worlds. But what would you rather have? With high octane, the way it is, you're, you're, you tend to be a little bit more tardy than you do out in front. You'd I'd take have, the short porch yeah, right field. You're going to have more accidents. Yeah, because you're short late. Porch. You're late, and if I and if I let that slider travel a little bit from the right-handed pitcher, and I can create a little bit of backspin, even though I'm comfortably out in front, and I say that word comfortably, right, out in front, and I can keep my hands back, and I can just hit the the bottom part of that baseball, and I don't have to have the exit velocity to to hit a ball out, I'd take that little short portion right. Yeah, look, I, look, Judge is going to get paid tons of money because he's mastered to use that. I'm not saying he ain't a really good hitter, because he is, but that's been hugely beneficial to him sure just by just going, I'm a giant human who can inside out a baseball and be rewarded for that. I'm going to get paid tons of money because of it. Yeah, no. I, listen, I one of the first things I thought of when uh, when when that deal happened was New York's the type of place that could extend Josh's career by a couple of years, and it also can end it. Like he he has he has bad games and he has a bad month yeah. or two. And yeah, but the thing is, can. The, the thing is that the the park is nice for him, uh, and you know, and also I think with the DH now in in both leagues, it it, it can be a career extender for a guy like Josh. Yeah, he's he's used to playing in the American League East. He, he's used to coming to the Rogers Center. W- w- which way does the ball fly there? Yeah. What time of the year does it fly well? You know, wh- that would that would tell you. Already, I know when I walk to the plate, I'm smart enough. There's a to lot know of institutional I, knowledge oh, in that. Oh man, and I, he had I, an, and he had MVP. He I had an MVP to, season. I go to in Boston. These. I can use that that short porch and left to my advantage. I can cheat occasionally on on a on a heater and heater counts because I know that dude. I know what he does. I know when he does it. I know the park. Yeah, he's a smart guy. I, he, sometimes, for me anyway, he's too smart. Sometimes you got to dumb it down. He don't. You've had it. I've had conversations. I, th- I pride myself on listening and taking it in. Sometimes I can't take it in. It go in that and out that other. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, Stop. I see his lips moving, but I have no idea. It's like you remember the time that he was, me and you were standing beside the outfield. He comes walking by with the taped up oh, Jesus, uh, yes. end of his bat. Yeah. 
And he said something, and I asked the first thing out of my mouth, hey, why, why is that? Because I think it was blue or red, and he's got a blue one, and he had a red one, and there was a reason why it was blue, and there's a reason why it was red, and he yeah. told me. And you would think it'd be a simple answer. Yeah, but I remember. It was not. <laughs> like, I look at him like, and then I looked at you, and I was like, hey, whatever works, man. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I do remember that conversation, yeah. and I remember looking at, and you're nodding, you were nodding at least, <laughs> and I was sitting there thinking to myself, Bark's got no idea what <laughs> no the hell he's clue. saying. He does no not clue. have a clue no about clue. what he's saying. And then saying. that's when Gibby yelled at him because he had the boombox in his yeah, back right. pocket. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's right. Um, yeah, uh, he is. I, I've one of the many things I miss about having Josh around were just those. Uh, he just had. He would just come up to you if you're if you're at the cage and just start talking about stuff about about hitting. Um, for for some reason, he thought I understood. He come to me. He come to me quite a few times. Sometimes I I understood. I got it. And sometimes I was like, Did you see my baseball card? You're really good. I got that. Whoa, 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 yeah, I know. Whoa, I know. Whoa, whoa, I know. Whoa, whoa. I know. I know. At least you got. How many homers you got in the show? Yeah, I know. That's true. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. That's true. I, but All I'm right. saying that I can imagine you saying that. Those yeah. who can't teach, Jeff. Uh, game three of the four-game series between the Jays and the Yankees goes. You're silly. Game three of the four-game series between the Jays and the Yankees goes tonight at Yankee Stadium. 7.05 first pitch on Sportsnet. Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Blue Jays talk with Blair and Barker immediately following the game on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Dial in, chat, criticize, rant. Whatever you want to do, we're there for you. Have a great afternoon.